Today's podcast is sponsored by Youth Ministry Booster, an online youth ministry resource network that for $25 a month provides all the graphics, games, visuals, resources, and community support that you need to enhance your large group gatherings. Boost your youth ministry at www.youthministrybooster.com. Get everything you need to make your next teaching series great. Visit www.youthministrybooster.com and get boosted today. reflection in youth ministry. Whether you are 19 and are just getting started or have been serving in ministry for 19 years, we hope this weekly dose of honesty and humor helps. Welcome to After 9, the most honest conversation in youth ministry. Hello and welcome to After 9. My name is Chad Higgins. And I'm Zach Workin. Zach, how in the world are you, buddy? I don't know, man. I'm a little confused. And I'm a little elated. I think I've got a story to tell. <laughs> Hit me. I, I, I just I I don't know what just happened. Okay, so I was doing my errands. I was gonna wash my car. Uh, I don't have a good hose hookup in the wintertime out front, so I go to the little car wash down the street. It's five bucks, totally worth it. Free vacuums. Wait, hold on. And so I'm pulling. Pl- hold on. Why do Why do you feel like you have to like justify the fact that you're going to a car wash? Because <laughs> like, my I dad's would- listening. <laughs> my dad's listening and he raised me better my dad is the king of saturday morning you wake up you get that bucket of suds and you wipe that car down <laughs> and i just want him to know that i had like a like a plausible excuse for why i was going to pay five bucks and use the free vax so okay okay so, sorry okay. Zach, dad. <laughs> sorry dad yeah okay <laughs> so i'll go to the drive-thru through the car wash like you, know, you go to like the little wraparound right so you go up you pay your thing you take your ticket you go around the corner and like they've got it stalled which is weird because like usually it's like either open or closed, right? Either like it's open or if like the weather's bad, they close it up. But they've got it stalled. So like there's a guy holding like a sign. It's like hold. And I'm like, hold? Like what's what does that mean? <laughs> and so I can see up ahead there's this like white Ford Expedition that's like come off the track. Yes. And I was like, um, how does that happen? Your car's in neutral, foot off the brake. What's going on? And so there's like a team of three dudes trying to guide this lady back onto the track because their expedition has jumped the little like carousel track that carries you through the car wash. So she's like in the in, in the actual car wash. She's oh. in the like the pavilion, the canopy, like going through the thing. But like she has like jumped the track. So like her back tire is still in the track, but her front tires are off the track. And I think they're afraid it's gonna like tip the car or something i don't know but they're like, like all circled she's like i thought i needed to take a lift right here after the I, 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 you know you just got to make a hard left at the end and it's like wait you have to wait till they tell you to do that and so anyway long story short is like having her like back up in reverse like working as a team her car's like covered in like suds and wax and like everything's like shut down and i'm like oh my and then of course i can't leave there's a car behind me and the track has stopped so i'm just like watching this train wreck like play out in reverse and so she's like backs the car up they get it back on the track and then like everybody's kind of waving forward they pull me up they re-engage the machine and i'm like halfway through and then the whole thing shuts down and stops. And I'm like, what is going on? And up ahead, I see that she's a little bit off the track again. And she's like yelling. 
Like, I just hear this like, hey, no, I told you, hey, I told you. And so two guys go running past my car, one guy on my left, one guy on my right, running up to the car to go, like, deal with whatever the situation is. At this point, I'm assuming that she's, like, getting into a fist fight with somebody because there's, like, screaming and yelling and things are shut down. Well, whatever it was, again, I can't see through all of the, the, the blinds of, like, the little, like, chamois, soapy sud things or whatever. But eventually, you hear it kind of, like, and kind of rev back up and kick back on again. And the guy on the left is, like, now just kind of, like, casually strolling back. And I have my window kind of half down, which is not wise to do in an automated car wash. But I want to know. Like, I'm hearing the yelling. I want to find out. And I, you know, if there's going to be a fight breakout, I want, I right. want to see it. And he's walking back, and I kind of give him the look like, hey, man, what just happened? And he looks at me, and Chad, he goes, my mom. (laughs) (laughs) So so I guess this this is it all played out, and this guy was trying to hook his mom with a free car wash, and she just caused so much drama. Can't believe it. Oh, that is priceless. The dude that works there, it's his mom. (laughs) My mom. (laughs) Oh, that is priceless, man. That is so funny. Good times, man. Good times. So uh, welcome to After Nine, the most honest podcast in youth ministry. We talk about questions like parent ministry and chad i I, I can't do my mom like i just man like i'm so excited to talk about this conversation this week of what do we do with the expectations of parents because like if you're a first-time listener here on after nine we're trying to answer the most honest questions related to youth ministry and there is one thing that comes up more than anything else in the life of a youth minister and that's what to do with parents right like you got these kids you care about these kids you signed up to work with these kids but a lot of these kids came with parents and there's (laughs) a a lot <laughs> a lot of these kids came with parents and they're really like man we, we're both doing the seminary thing and like there's just not a great course or class on how to do parent ministry really well and i i need some wisdom today chad as we kind of hash out this conversation of like what in the world do we do with parents or maybe better what do the parents want from me right mm-hmm. like i feel like that's the question that we really got to answer because i think we maybe have some ideas or some plans or some programs but chad help help walk it back a little bit what do, what do parents want from me as a youth minister that's good parents can't live with them can't keep your job without them that's and, right <laughs> um let's let's get real man those kids they ain't tithing they ain't tithing, <laughs> they ain't tithing. um you know i i think the question that you ask zach is is really really important and, and I think where we start, um, and, and this understanding, you know, there, you know, there are a few books and things like that out on uh, parent ministry and and things like that, and there are even some uh, great conferences. I know that D six does a, a really good conference, and uh, the whole concept of orange and things like that of of really um, winning at home, which which I think is vitally important in student ministry. Sure. Um, but I, I, I think for us to assume that the way that we minister to parents um, needs to look the same all across the board is probably a little bit short-sighted in, in our leadership. Okay. Um, be, because I think that we're all in different places, right? And and for um, for some of our listeners, you may look at the makeup of your students in your student ministry, and most of your parents may go to church on Sunday morning, um, and so they may have some connection with their church. There, there may be some listeners out there that, man, the vast majority of your students that come on Wednesday night are, are not involved in your church. Um, you may have um, 
a culture where parents are more involved in the students' lives. You have, may live in a culture where they're less involved in the students' lives. Um, I know, I mean, in the United States alone, there are different pockets all across the country that that's true in different places, right? I mean, yeah, I know that if you're serving in a ministry um, where you have no parents involved at all, you thank the Lord for that helicopter parent. Um, you're like, and, good, someone cares. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And, and then for some of some people out there that maybe more in, in in some different cultures, it seems like all your parents are helicopter parents, and right, you're just right. whoa, like let let us breathe here for a moment. Like your kid's not going to be physically assaulted every Wednesday night. You know what I mean? What do you think and, we do down here? <laughs> right? Yeah, it's like parents are dropping off their kids, and they feel like it's like the opening scene of the Hunger Games, right? right it's like right. don't step off, don't step off the pedestal until you hear the whistle right and um and so i think i think we have to understand the culture of the parents that we get to serve with and so i think uh, asking that question of what are what do my parents expect from me is going to help us determine what our parent ministry needs to look like uh, and how to effectively uh, begin to minister to them because one of the things that i would say about expectation with parents you're going to have a starting place, and then hopefully for for each of us, we have at least a direction of a destination that we want to go. Um, I, I think that that's one of the big um, places that we may drop the ball, that we understand, okay, this is the expectation of me, but then we always just stay there instead of yeah. leading to a place that may be better. And so you may be looking at it going, okay, we have no parents involved. And so I think it, it's really easy if you're in that culture to just throw up your hands and go, well – Man, these these parents don't care, yeah. um, you know. I th- but I think at the heart of it, I think that um, for most parents, they they do care about their children. They may show that in some different ways and want to be involved, especially with church and um, and religion and um and in some different ways for them. But but I think that they want to be in the know. They they want to be engaged in, in some level, and, and so we can start to understand that expectation and build from there. That's good. So, Zach, from your experience, what are what are some big things that you think your parents want or expect from from you as a youth minister? I know that everybody's context is different, but for you, what do you feel like most parents uh, think or expect? Yeah, man, for, I think for me, there's kind of three big categories that I always try to think about when relating to our parents. And I, th- I think the first category is communication. Okay. I think they want they want to be in the know. And they they want me to do a good job. They want my team to do a good job of over communicating the stuff that's going on. Because I know that there's nothing more heartbreaking um, for a student or for a parent when they feel like they've been like, you know, underinformed or misinformed or like let down about anything that wasn't regular Sunday stuff, right? So if there's a a lock in or a movie night or a camp or a retreat, like they they need to know well ahead of time, right? Like, like there's something for, so very personal from our own ministry. We had to change our camp date like a few weeks ago, which is huge for us because we had put out in like December what the camp date was going to be. And there were some families um, that had already planned their family vacation in a way that conflicted. And I felt terrible. And so like one of the moms came up to me and was like, so my kid doesn't get to go. And I was like, I'm so sorry. This is beyond our control. This is the circumstance that we had no power over. And this is like literally the only option we have of either going to camp or not going at all. And she's like, man, He's going to be crushed, right? And it's just one of those, like, and I think about, like, 
I'm so glad that like they care so much, uh, but also that puts extra pressure on making sure to clearly communicate and that anything you plan is worth like the double the communication, right? Like I think, I think instead of planning more, we need to communicate twice as much what we do. The second category I think is information. I think some parents just want a kind of guide of a voice. Maybe they'll value as an expert. Maybe you can earn your way into kind of expert status, but questions surrounding social media, questions around, um, you know, internet use or like which YouTube channels are okay to watch. Like they probably have some blogs or some like watchdog kind of things that they're subscribed to. But I think more than anything, they want their youth pastor to create a platform or a venue, you know, whether it's an email or whether it's, you know, maybe a Facebook page or whether it's maybe just even a meeting that you kind of offer just to kind of give them some information, some insider stuff. Like I think part of your role as a youth pastor, no matter who you are, is to just give some insight to youth culture. I mean, you're kind of a translator, right? Like you care about the student. You also care about the parent. And whether you're 23, 33, or 43, you're probably some kind of go-between because you're spending time on both sides of the equation. And it's really important for you to be the kind of mature adult that helps navigate the Ever changing, <laughs> the ever changing, you know, you know, ebb and flow of youth ministry culture. Because there are some things that, yeah, maybe it's hard to keep up with. But the bottom line is, there's some principles that you can help remind parents of in the midst of difficulty that is parenting. Uh, the third category, man, I think is relationship stuff. I really think that some of these parents, alongside the communication and information, just want to feel like they have somebody to call or talk to. Uh, that's something that you have to earn. Uh, you don't get that for free. Uh, but I think that's one of the things that when you're thinking about your parent ministry stuff is do you make yourself available enough and do you make yourself accessible enough that they can get a hold of you? Do you, do you keep a certain office hours that they can come by and visit? Um, do you make it known that the people can call you, email you, come by and see you? The other day I had a great conversation with a mom who knew that on Wednesday afternoons right after lunch I was probably either at the office or the youth area. And so she found my car, found me, and we had a great conversation. I wasn't planning on it. Uh, she apparently was, and she was ready to talk, and I was eager to to meet with her and talk about those things in kind of an unexpected way. Uh, but that came from making myself available in a kind of consistent way. And so for me, it's those categories of communication, information, and you know, relationship, which comes by you know access and availability stuff. And so I think parent ministry. There's probably some programs and some stuff you could do, but for me, those are the kind of the major categories for parent ministry. I, I would add, I would add one more to that list is um, safety. Okay. You know, I I think that I think parents, for many of them, even the ones that don't understand what we do or why we do it, um, I mean, at the end of the night, they they want their kid to be safe, right? Forget the end of the night when they walk in (laughs) to whatever you're doing, they want to look around the room and get a good sense of like, all right, there's not swords hanging off the wall and there's like no bloody stumps of appendages, you know, lying about. You know, I think a lot of times we don't think of that aspect of student ministry as part of our parent ministry. Um, but I think it very much is, right? I yeah. mean, if parents walk in and it's utter chaos, and, you know, I'll be honest, I think for many youth ministers, we chalk up utter chaos to, well, this is just how student ministry looks. Kids love uh, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know that it is, um, to be very honest, if it's done well. Um, man, I've found that the most fun that students have is actually in a very um, structured and control um, space. And um, that's when that's when you can introduce them to some things that they're not just going to get to do everywhere, right? But but it takes some yeah. planning, it takes some effort, um, and it tra- takes an, uh, 
a safety element in that for them. And so um, I think that when we can not only communicate safety, but we can show safety, um, I think it adds a lot of credibility to us as leaders um, and somebody that they know and, and respect and trust. I mean, it's like, that's, it's that whole like hierarchy of need type thing um, that if, if we show them, Hey, like, we we not only care about your students like spiritual well-being but we care about their physical well-being as well yeah, um yeah. when when parents see that then they trust us they give us the space to to speak into um their world as parents because now it's not just the like youth minister who does crazy things uh but it's somebody right. who really cares for the kids at, at all different levels and and i think that that's really important as we um, build things and we structure things because if you're a parent that walks into a Wednesday night and there's not enough adults in the room and there's not yeah. if it's just you and 40 kids yeah not great no <laughs> not great. It, well because immediately right that parent now sees you in a light right yeah yeah you're, yeah. you're the guy that may be fun and their kid likes you but what are they really getting out of this, you know what I mean, Wednesday night or sure. Sunday night? And, and I think that – I think parents need to see us in that authoritative role uh, as much as students need to see us in that authoritative role, um, but that we're creating an environment that is um, honoring to them as parents and making sure that their kid's not going to end up in the ER that night. That's right. That's right. Which, hey – and when they go to the ER, you've got the hospital form, you had backup leaders ready to go, and you made all the appropriate phone calls. Because we get it. Stuff happens. But I think, again, this is a reminder, Chad, of what you've taught me so well. A lot of this comes through thinking your youth ministry in a very, like, systematic kind of way, right? Like, you're not just thinking about, like, what am I going to do, but what are all the pieces that enable me to do what I really want to yeah. do? Can I, can I give you a story that um, was a failure of mine one time? Sure, man. Um, we we were at a camp, and I had a student uh, fall, and um, you know we had a procedure with that student. We took her to the nurse. The nurse looked her over. Um, the nurse gave us like the thumbs up. Yeah, it, it's okay. It's just it's just kind of a bruise, and you know, put some ice on it and things like that. And from that point, you know, we just went back to our cabin. Everything was fine. All that kind of deal. Um, you know, and, and she, you know, her arm bothered her kind of the rest of the week and things like that. But, um, from what we heard from the nurse, like it just seemed like a really uh, tough bruise and, but everything was fine and, uh, you know, movement of all the fingers and everything. My mistake there was this, um, I didn't take the step of calling mom and dad. Oh man. Um, you know, I, in my younger years, um, my, um, my lack of wisdom there was, well, the, the nurse, the professional gave me the, the thumbs up that everything was okay. So everything so was okay. And what I, what I forgot to do in that is to remember that even though we're at camp, mom and dad is still responsible for the health of their child. And so they yeah. need to know that. Well, here's the big the the big news. We got home from camp. Arm was still bothering her. Mom and dad took her to the emergency room. Hairline fracture in her arm. Mm -hmm. And so then it was this like, oh, like 
you know, like you just feel so upset and you want to beat yourself up over the head and all of those kind of things. And, um, you know, and, and maybe mom and dad wouldn't have said, oh, yeah, you need to take her to the emergency room because they probably would have listened to the same medical advice that we got. Sure, sure. Uh, but mom and dad would have been involved in that decision and they should yeah. have been. That's right. And and so, man, I I lost, I think, some credibility in their minds. I mean, they were phenomenal, showed me amazing, you know, grace and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and to this day are phenomenal friends of mine. Um, but in, in that moment, man, it just crushed me. It, it hurt my heart that, that I allowed something like that to happen. And, and I think in that, I, I took the easy route of, hey, everything's fine, instead of that extra step to include mom and dad um, and help them in that process. So we, hey, we just have to be aware of those kind of things. Can I ask you, yeah. since we're talking honestly, were you afraid to tell them? Or you were just hoping it might go away? No, to, I mean to be very honest, just in the midst of camp, it it literally just it slipped my mind, right? I mean, you, you as you know just as well as I do, like at, you know, camp we're like running from here to there, and it was one of those things where uh, it it didn't seem like a big thing, and when the nurse was like, yeah, yeah, yeah everything's good. You know, like we were in the nurse's office like five minutes kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it was almost like, a, you know, are, are you calling over every scratched knee kind of thing? Does that make sense? Right, right. Sure, sure. Um, like the nurse kind of gave you the like, what are we doing here? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so, um, but my mistake in there is if, if we're going to the nurse, protocol is. I'll also be going to the mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's good, man. Well, hey, let's take you to the break, and we'll come back, and we'll give some more strategies, I think, on parent expectations, and maybe to go ahead and rise to meet those. I think that's one of the things that for a lot of our listeners, um, the wisdom is to get ahead of this one, right? Like, don't don't create your parent ministry out of a reaction. Uh, create it because you were thinking through it. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to After 9. We are so excited for what's about to happen in the next month. Stick with us. The month of March into April is probably the most exciting month for After 9 since the beginning. We're adding new shows. We're launching new shows. And we are so excited to have you on the journey. If you have not signed up for the After 9 email list, please go to youthministrybooster.com. Sign up there so you don't miss a single episode update for After 9. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to After 9, talking about parents and expectations, Chad, but not our expectations for them. Maybe their expectations for us. And I think on this side of the episode, we just need some takeaways, brother. I, I, need, I need some advice. I need some things that I can implement this week or some goals that I can set and work towards when it comes to what parents expect of me as a youth minister. So hit me. What you got? Yeah. So, I mean, with, with anything that we want to do, we want to give them um, – uh, practical and um, almost methodical steps, if that makes sense. Sure. If you're trying to go from like zero parent ministry to like knocking out of the park by next week, you're going to kill yourself. Um, and none of them are going to be do done well. And so I would say um, we hit in the first part of this episode a lot about communication. So let's start there, Zach. Okay. Um, 
and and finding those ways that we can adequately communicate to our parents. Um, I, I think email is an obvious way, um, but f- um, for some of our listeners out there, the first step that you may need to take is starting to actually gather data on your students and getting um, adequate parent emails. And, right. and so, it's, it's no good to write the email if you have no one to send it to, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> or if you have all these dated emails that were collected eight years before you got there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so we, we've got to gather that uh, info and, and, and begin to, to sort out. Um, some of those uh, just parent emails. Um, Zach, for you, what what's some good information that you like to provide in your parent emails? Man, I think just the reinforcement of stuff. I mean, I, th- I think we, we talk about this at other places, but you probably can't say it enough. And so whatever you have going on, even if it's the regular stuff – like parents aren't thinking about your youth ministry as much as you're thinking about your youth ministry. So if you're not tired of talking about it, they probably haven't even heard it. And probably when you get tired of talking about it, it's when they're finally going to hear what you were saying about it. Like it, it may be like, you know, at the end of the series you're teaching, they're like, Hey, were you doing that thing on social media? And you're like, yeah, I have been for four weeks. And they're like, <laughs> my students said good things about that. You're like, well, that's great. Um, <laughs> I think you got to say it enough. You've got to maybe say it more than enough. Uh, I, I would say the two th- key things about communication chat that are just practical takeaways are you've got to make it easy for you to get the information from them. So, I mean, have the list, make the calls, write the notes, stand outside the, the, the church area on Sundays and just collect those emails or phone numbers or data or whatever, uh, and then be consistent in what you send out. If it's weekly, if it's monthly, if it's every other weekly, like whatever you're sending out, either in a newsletter or an email or posting to a bulletin board, I would say collect that data and have it in front of them in advance and in a consistent way. And so if you know you're going to teach on a series, if you know you have an event coming up, keep it clean. Like don't don't try to clutter it with too much and then keep it consistent. And that's just like they need to know where to go to find the information. Like they shouldn't have to be like, no, wait, well, where's that thing? So whether it's the website, the email, or the, the, the bulletin board in the hallway, just make sure if there's a space for you to have information that at least on the monthly, if not more regularly, it's updated. Yeah, no, that's really good advice, Zach. Um, you know, some of the things, if uh, you talked a little bit about kind of be, being that expert almost in, in the teen world, you know, I think as youth ministers, we we read, you know, different blogs and things like that. Man, for, for most parents, they're they have no clue that there's a world of like youth ministry, like conversations happening online. You got blogs. <laughs> you, you guys read blogs. Um, man, send a link to, you know, share those around. Yeah. Yeah. Read that kind of stuff and, and, and uh, give them that insight into the world that, that you're learning from. Um, and man, many parents find those kind of things interesting. Um, man, and, and that spruces up your email and your communication. Makes it easier. <laughs> to, yeah, it, and it makes it look like it's more than just, we've got a retreat and we leave on Saturday at 10 a.m. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Just over and over. Because that just becomes static white noise, right? Right, right, right. parents right. understand, hey, there's some value in these uh, um, emails and things like that. Man, one of the biggest things I hear from parents all over the country that brag about their youth minister is that they include what they're talking about on Wednesday night or Sunday night. That's good. Man, for whatever reason, I hear that from parents more than anything as a brag on their youth minister. And and every one of them thinks that they're like youth ministers, like the only one in the country doing it, right? But they're like, (laughs) man, our guy, 
every, we get an email from him every week, and he's telling us about what, what he's talking about on Wednesday. They think that guy, like, hung the moon, right? Right, right, right. And, and so, yeah. It's, he, he told me Snapchat was dangerous before I even knew what Snapchat was. And it's like, well, Dorothy, that's what I'm here for. And so I think I think that's really important, man. Again, like, may, maybe not everything you read gets sent out, but if, if, you, if you've got an article or two a week, um, just as a heads up, youthindustrybooster.com, writing those blogs, Chad, you got those blogs, that's some helpful info there that can be passed around that can be linked to and there is stuff out there that parents just again they're not thinking about youth ministry as much as you're thinking about youth ministry so be their liaison be their go-between be their expert earn the right to be their expert because you kept them informed they may not read it but if there's a steady stream of stuff kind of like coming down like you know the pipeline to them then eventually they're going to be like you know what when i have a question this guy seems pretty well read this girl seems to know her stuff Right. There you go. Yeah, no, I think I think that that is huge. All right, so give give us some uh, another little piece of practical advice for us. The availability relational stuff, man. So this is the thing that we just started, and I got to tell you, it was probably the wisest thing that I've done so far in the kind of move from 2016 to 2017 is to have a regular like forum standing available kind of meeting. For us, it's Sunday right after church. We have one big service on Sunday mornings, and so people are usually typically there. And if they want to come swing by the youth area on the way out, um, I'm hanging out. And I'm there, and I've got the latest newsletter or email printed out. I've got release forms. I've got updates. And they can stop by for 30 seconds, pick up stuff, and leave. Or if they want to hang out and have a question or have a conversation, I just commit 30 minutes once a month on a Sunday. Let them know in that email <laughs> every month. And then sometimes in a stage announcement, like, hey, if you got questions, it's our parent forum. And I'm just here to help. I'm here to answer. If you got, you know, something about a talk, something about, you know, a resource or technology or what's coming up next, I'm just there. I'm available. And that coupled alongside them having access to my email and my phone number, I think creates this kind of nice balance of like, I know how to target and call and get a hold of you. Or if I just want to have a casual conversation, because I think that's the part, Chad, that's tough is that we don't just want all of our conversations to be like, all right, so here's the deal. Your kid was caught again right. with their cell phone. You know, it's just one of those like don't don't have it always be the negative conversation, but make space for the the, the neutral conversations, right? Yeah. Just like, hey, how, how's my kid doing? You know what? They're actually doing great, and yeah. that just creates a lot of great rapport. So when things aren't so great, you've at least had the previous conversations. Your kid has not burned anything down in three and a half weeks, and we're really <laughs> they really they haven't sold illegal substances to another student in years. <laughs> No, but I think I think when we get the opportunity, especially when it's a kid that um, does some, show some signs of you know disrespect or, or just trouble, um, to be honest, I think a lot of those parents, anytime they're hearing from any other adults outside their kid's life, it's always because they're in trouble. Oh or man, messed up. And so for those parents, man, having that voice that when there is the opportunity to be like, even if it's just like, hey, I really enjoy being around your kid, right? Um, they probably don't hear that very often. Um, yeah. and, and, and you now feel like you're part of their team. And, and I think that that's huge in helping, helping recorrect and, and, and champion some great behavior in some of these students. That's huge. Well, I think that's the point worth really kind of like, like slipping in there, Chad, is, you know, who's going to love that even more is the student that has the car ride home where the parent turns around and says, Hey, Chad thinks you're all right. And that kid's like, yes, not grounded. 
<laughs> and so I think like, that's like a good moment, right? That's one of those, like, you get to give that parent that empowering moment of like, hey, Chad says you're really good to the middle school kids. Thanks. Yeah. And you're just like, yeah, man. Like, you give that kid a win, too. So that's good. Because for that kid, right, that, that, you know, one of the big things that we as youth ministers say, and you've probably heard it a thousand times, is, is kids, um, kids rebel against a lack of relationship. And so yeah. when, when your students find out that you're talking positively things, positive things behind their back, then there's this like, wait, maybe Zach really does like me. You know what I mean? Like maybe this yeah, is yeah. a big bruise. And, and, and so like, I, I think that we can, we can um, gain some credibility in their mind and, and we'll find ourselves um, helping this kid. That's a distraction really become some of our biggest fans. Um, and I found in ministry, some of those kids that are wild and rambunctious, you show them you care, you will never have a bigger advocate in all of your ministry than that kid that feels like the world's already against him, and now this guy cares for him. They will fight for you tooth and nail. Now, yeah. sometimes in inappropriate ways, right? right. <laughs> Where they're trying to like fight one of the deacons in the parking lot, but... <laughs> um, but you know, sometimes you just got to go fisticuffs with a sixty-five-year-old right. man. Right. <laughs> um, but- well, Chet, that's all well and good. But what about when the parents are a little harder to find? Like, what do we do there? I think that's the part where maybe there's some youth pastors listening. They're like, "Yeah, yeah, Zach and Chad, that sounds great for the parents that care." But what about the ones that are just hard to track down? Where do you start? What do you do, man? It takes time and it takes effort. There is. There is no shortcut to these type of parents. Um, I wish I had it. I wish I could tell you this like silver bullet XYZ process to make these parents that aren't plugged into your church, that never respond to any of your emails, that never return any of your phone calls um, to, to do. Some of it is the awkwardness of knocking on a door. You know, and, and I think in 2017... You know, some of those old practices of just boots on the ground ministry of like the 1950s and 60s, it's almost like we threw some of the baby out with the bathwater, if that makes sense. Um, and we feel like, oh, we don't do that anymore. People don't like, you know, that's what I mean? old school. Yeah. It's old school, man. Some of the most genuine, honest ministry that I've ever had has been walking up to somebody's door um, and hanging out with them, talking yeah. with them. Yeah. And getting to know them. And, you know, I, I think for us as youth ministers, and we're looking at all of these other things that we're doing and things like that, um, I think it's really easy to say, well, I, I don't I don't have the time. And, uh, man, I, I read a, a, a great article and listened to a video today about some time management. And, and it reminded me something very clearly that um, we we like to use the phrase that I don't have time. But really what we're saying is that's not a priority. Mm-hmm. Um, because the things that are priorities in our life grab our time. Hmm. And so if we really truly believe that um, winning these parents is the greatest method for us of reaching these students and making life change in these students' lives, then we make time and we make priority to engage with their parents as hard as it may be. Uh, You want to win favor with your senior pastor and many of the adults in your church? Do this work. Um, Spend this time. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, it may feel like it's not rewarding sometimes. 
it's not glamorous and it's not probably going to put a lot more butts and chairs on Sundays or Wednesday right. nights, but you might change uh, a family, a community yeah. and a church. Yeah, man. You may change a generation. Um, and, and so, man, I, I just think that it's, I think it's important ministry. It's hard. It's dirty. Um, you're going to find yourself in conversations that you're like, ah, I don't, I don't know how to deal with this. Um, but it's honest, right? It's, it's that hardworking ministry that we, that we like to talk about a whole yeah. lot. And, yeah. you know, and I, I think for us, it's at the heart of why we create a lot of our youth ministry booster resources it's this, right? Yeah. Man, if if our belief as youth ministers is that chunks of our day need to be spent creating games and um, making social media slides and graphics and all those kind of things, those are important. Like we, we want to value excellence in our programming, um, but we have to prioritize our time and, and the things that we're spending on. And so if, if for you as a youth minister – if you have to weigh in your palms, do I spend my Wednesday morning creating a new game or do I try to engage in parents in a new way? Man, I, I'm going to tell you, I, I think the thing that has longer impact is, is the parent ministry. Word. And and so let's let's delegate those things out. I mean, that's what we want to try to help and do and, and create a ministry that's lasting um, and it's impactful not only for your people, but for you. Yeah. And so, man, that's 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 my hope and that's my prayer for, I think, all of us today. Good. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. This has been a great episode of After Nine. If you haven't had a chance to subscribe, rate, or review, check out iTunes. Do that. It's the best gift that you can give us. We're so thankful for your hard work in youth ministry. Keep it up. We're praying for you. We love you. Hey, Zach. Yeah, man. Can I say this? Rate or review? If you write us a funny review and you take a picture of it and link us on Twitter, um, I'll, I'll give something really fun to our funniest one. How about okay, that? Okay, okay. Do a little review contest. That's okay. So if you're writing a review and you send a pic and you attach it to your Twitter handle uh, and tag at After Nine Ministry, so take write the review, take a pic of it, take a screenshot, put it on Twitter, mention, put the at, at After Nine Ministry. Uh, Chad Higgins has uh, got a little contest worked out for you. Are we uh, shaving heads? Shaving heads? Colorful hair? <laughs> Definitely not. Okay, uh, just a gift card. About, just a gift card. About, I got it. <laughs> how about we send them a Youth Ministry Booster shirt? Okay, we'll send you. That's right. We got After Nine shirts. We got Youth Ministry Booster shirts. Uh, funny review. Free t-shirt in hand for you. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to After Nine. To continue the conversation, find us on Twitter or Facebook at After Nine Ministry or visit www.afternineministry.com to subscribe and learn more.